Hello everybody, welcome back to the Glory Glory My Night Podcast. I'm your host as always, Kyle Quinn. And joining me today is my regular co-host, Brush, off the back of a dramatic 2-1 victory at Phillip Park. And absolutely delighted to come away with the three points because for a long period in that second half, it didn't look likely, did it, Brush? Yeah, absolutely not. But uh, it's always a pleasure to be here, uh, especially so on those days where we walk away with all three points. Yeah, I think it's safe to say that we stole it today. Um, my immediate observation was the halftime substitution that was enforced, mm-hmm. and that 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 created a mess for Manchester United. Once you take off Luke Shaw, he's important, so important to us, and um, not just defensively, but going forward and replace and put a centre half at left back. Villa seen that weakness and targeted it, and there were so many Villa crosses. They were coming in from that side. Um, and Rashford wasn't helping Lindelof one bit, which was hugely frustrating. Um, yeah, it, that enforced substitution half time really caused a serious problem, didn't it, Brush? It did indeed. It was an absolute smashing grab today. Uh, I was kind of scratching my head out afterwards, thinking how on earth have we uh, pulled that off? Because uh, honestly, I don't think Aston Villa deserves to lose today. Um, even a point was the very least that they deserved the amount of chances they created and how they played. Um, I thought we were the better team in the first half, but then, like you say, the substitutions, I don't think really helped uh, Lindelof coming on. My worry was that, you know, going forward, we lose all threat. But even defensively, like, you know, it was a liability down that side and they targeted him, like you said. Um, the midfield balance, I know we've spoken about it many times. Uh, silly yellow cards for both our midfielders. Uh, referee uh, probably needs to question for that as well. Um, and then they were sort of on ice. Um, some lovely forward passes by the midfielders, Casemiro especially. Um, and yeah, our, our lads, they need to do a, a bit better at not getting caught offside. Yeah, there were far too many offsides in the first half. Um, Casemiro Bukin was a joke. And, uh, yeah, ridiculous. There, he didn't even... Didn't even... Didn't even touch him. It was a clear dive. Um, yeah, very poor refereeing in the Premier League. But sure, we're accustomed to that now. Um, yeah, uh, it's, it's, it was under so much pressure in that second half. Yeah, as you said, first half thought it was probably even, and you could argue that we yeah. shaded it. But it was just constant bill of pressure in the second half. We had the odd counter attack, um, and. We did take our chances on those counter attacks uh, until the very end. Um, well, not the very end. Obviously, it was eighty fifth minute or so, um, and the lovely control from Menu, lovely feet he showed there, and then led it off to yeah. Diallo. First time cross, and McTominay absolutely buried it. Um, I don't know. I don't know about everybody in our audience, but when I'm watching a game from the main camera angle and I see a blonde-haired man. Uh, win a header in the opposition penalty box I immediately think it's Hoyland um, I always get <laughs> Hoyland and McTominay mixed up from far away, they look the same with the blonde hair don't they? Yeah they do, and uh, talking of Hoyland, uh, what a rich vein of form he's in Yeah I think he's scoring five games in a row now um, he's on 11 yep. for the season um, yeah this is the Hoyland that we hope to see um, when we signed him, uh, it obviously took him a bit of time to get going. There'd been issues with service and not taking chances, but at the moment, uh, he's scoring in every game, and this is absolutely brilliant. Um, it's a real striker's goal as well this time. It um, was, yeah. Big Harry with 
winning the header in Hoyland with the poacher's finish. Uh, I didn't even celebrate that initially because so used to VAR, VAR chalk and rolling it offside. <laughs> so, and then by the time they give it, then you're not even, yeah. you, you know, the moment's gone. You know, uh, yeah, yeah. There was another chance as way. well where there was another chance as well that fell to him where initially I thought it might have been offside, but um, I think uh, the shot took a def- he didn't hit it clean and then it took a deflection off of uh, Diego Carlos. A great movement though to get into the position. Yeah, I think it was was it Bruno who led it off to him from close. Yeah, he was close. By yeah, him yeah, from very close. Yeah, very close. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but I again think, in the uh, second half, you... like you were saying, apart from uh, the odd counter attack, you know, we're feeding off scraps, and and he he, I felt he was quite isolated as well in the second half. Yeah, he wasn't really in the game in the second half. Uh, Garnacho obviously had one of the, the chances on the counter, maybe a couple. Now to think of it, yeah. um, one he was very close. It was just wave the post. Mm-hmm. Um, we. Yeah, we were just relying on counter attacks, and you know, even when the even when we scored, uh, it was like still five minutes plus injury time here, which could be anything, and it turned out to be over six minutes. Um, and I was we were just hoping and praying that we would hold on, and we did. And uh, uh, brought on Evans and Amrabat to to see it out as well. What did <laughs> uh, we did that make you more confident or less confident when they came on? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know exactly what the tactic is when you when you see those two come in on, don't you? Uh, yeah, they're just ready to shut up shop. Um, to be honest, for me, um, yeah, I could see the game, the, the momentum shift as soon as they scored. Um, I sensed the goal was coming. They wasted a lot of chances as well before that. Um, one of the chances, I can't remember if, if it was at 1-1 or if when we were leading 1-0. Uh, Leon Bailey, uh, the ball off to Ramsey. That, yeah, that scared me. That was quite worrying. And I was just like, oh, thank goodness it wasn't Ollie Watkins at the end of that one. Um, and talking of Ollie Watkins, uh, a brilliant save from Anana in the first half. And it's nice to be able to say that. <laughs> uh, had a nice little uh, save from a, a, a McGinn shot as well. Yeah, there was a lot of power behind that McGinn shot. And he got. Yeah, yeah. yeah and then decent, obviously we saw. Decent hate. Yeah, <laughs> and you know you can't have a completely all-round brilliant game uh, when you're Andre Onana. There was one thing in the first half that really annoyed me. It was a, uh, it was the free kick which he should have just caught, but you know he let it go for a corner. Yeah, it was a a mixed performance from Onana, but I'd say mostly good. Yeah. But a few yeah dodgy moments in there as well. He was kicking the, the ball defenders helped him out immensely. Yeah, in the second half, there was one shot that he definitely wouldn't have got to, and it was cleared by the defence. Yeah, so it was good save from McGinn, although it was a good height for the goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that, I think the best save of the match was the was when he was he was one on one. I think who who was the player again? Uh, can you remind me when Onana saved the one on one? Who was that for? Oh, that player? was Ollie Watkins. Was Ollie Watkins, right? Ollie and Watkins, I think Onana yeah. took out he took out Dallow in the process. Onana, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that takes me back to Schmeichel. He used to take the the ball, <laughs> the striker, and the defender at the same time. And talking of uh, Dallow, yeah. I mean, even on here, we've not been big fans of Dallow. And uh, yeah, credit where credit's due today. I thought he did well today. For the most part, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I like him. He's making tackles now. 
when getting making the early tackles when somebody's running at him, um, yeah. you know, like, like Wambasaka type tackles, um, and obviously he was he was good on the ball as well. But there was a couple of moments in the second half where he he failed to clear his lines twice and give up opportunities. I think he he sliced one away out to the just to the edge of our box on the right hand side, and it came back in again. And then he shanked it again to somebody who was standing <laughs> on the penalty area, and thankfully the shot was tame. And you're like, oh, Dallow's a bit like Onana as well. He can't have the complete performance. There's always a few yeah. errors in there as well. It, yeah, um, it, it, but, if we just come away with saying, ah, it was mostly a good game, I think that's the best we can expect from them, to be fair. Um, there was one moment where, I think it was in the first half, where he was on the floor, he had made a mistake, but then he still didn't give the ball away, though, which was nice. Yeah. Um, certainly more aggressive with his defending now, which is which is a positive. Mm-hmm. Um and this consolidated his position at right back. Uh, so definitely signs of improvement. Uh, no doubt about that. You know, he has caused a division in the fan base. Some people are still not convinced, and others are huge fans of him and claim that he's underrated. Yeah, uh, oh, I wouldn't go that far. As always. <laughs> yeah. I think he's a, I yeah, think he's a decent. I think he's a decent rotation option. That's about it, really. Yeah, as always, I'm somewhere in between. Like, I don't think he's yeah. totally useless, and I don't think that he's a, he's a world beater either. Um, yeah, that's the thing. So like, I, I think, don't think he's useless. I do think he has his uses, but, you know, he's just a limited player, isn't he? So, yeah, rotation option. I have to mention, though, the cross was fantastic for the win goal. Oh, yeah, that was brilliant. Yeah, and... Uh, but Menu's play was my favorite. Apart from the goal itself, the header. Yeah. Menu's uh, bit of skill in the build-up to the goal was was a yeah. sight to behold. Again, he's just a classy footballer. Some of the balls that Menu and Casemiro were playing today were just world class. Oh, but Even those though, two are brilliant yeah. today. I really like them. Yeah, I was a wee bit concerned that they're both on a yellow uh, uh, at half time. Hey. Um, but... <laughs> Especially when the momentum shifted and they made it 1-1 and they had all the possession. I thought in midfield especially, we could have done with another body in there. And yeah, the fact that they were both on yellows, I was totally expecting for one to be taken off sooner. So, Rashford wasn't really helping out Lindelof or Luke Shaw. And he he wasted the opportunities that he had. Uh, Rashford, he would... Initially, he would do well. Uh, he'd be aggressive, he'd run at his man, he'd come inside, and then he'd just yeah. be too hesitant and, and not make a decision, and then we, he would be tackled or, or blocked. Um, mm-hmm. Not getting, not finding a teammate early enough, or not getting a shot away early enough, um, but I think Ten Hag identified the weakness there, they were targeting Lindelof, Rashford was not, not helping him out, um, and he decided to bring on McTominay for Rashford, and then in the end, that, that turned out to be a genius decision by the manager, Brush. Um, yeah. What were you thinking when that sort of decision was made? <laughs> you know, uh, I think I'm probably not by myself here when I say I was quite puzzled and a little bit annoyed whenever we see Scotty coming on uh, in that kind of situation. Um, but yeah, uh, all credit to the manager. He, he knew what he was doing. Uh, he understands what Scotty offers and he delivered. Yeah. I I know he, he always brings on McTominay if he doesn't start him. Uh, yeah. 
and we did we did we did need an extra man in the center of the park because I, I felt we were being overran in there I don't, we I don't did think was but was that McTominay I don't know you know like when it comes to the actual midfield aspect of things I don't know I think the other two are probably better options uh Castle Amrabat but you know give credit to Scotty um I think also it's a last-ditch attempt at getting forward as well and you know he's kind of built a reputation on that this season Yeah, I think I think it helped. Uh, apart from obviously scoring the way and goal, I think it helped us having an extra mm-hmm. body in there because we we were effectively playing with nine men before that because Lindelof at left back is just you might as well play with ten men and yeah. Rashford's just not doing anything. So it was a, a huge struggle and we needed we needed an extra body and yeah, McTominay provided that. Um, I'm not always excited about McTominay coming on because he's a limited player. But today, it turned out to be the right thing to do. I don't mind it. I think taking Rashford off was the right thing to do. But I hate it when he brings on McTominay for Menu. I don't like mm-hmm. that, that that type of substitution. He didn't do that today, thankfully. Um, yeah, I just felt that our, the only thing is it's, it kind of stunts our counterattacks when we're, we're solely relying then on Garnacho then. Um, and, and Hoyland, I suppose, as well. But he didn't really get into the game in the second half. Um, so... When you when you're playing with four midfielders and, and and two forwards, then you're not the same threat on the counter attack anymore. But we needed to be more solid in the middle, and, and that that was important. Definitely. And once we got, and once we got the two two on, then he brought on Evans and Amrabat for. I think <laughs> Hoyland came off, and yeah, I'm trying to remember who else came off. Um, uh, yeah, Manu just, came off. Manu, yeah, he went totally yeah. defensive. Then at that point, mm. we just hope. Uh, we we would be able to see it out, uh, and we did. And Harry Maguire got man of the match. Uh, what do you think of that decision, then, Bush? Uh, I was a tad surprised at that one. I didn't think uh, he did anything exceptional. Um, the goal that we conceded, I was a bit annoyed by. Uh, it was a very dodgy clearance for me. Uh, Needs to do better in those kind of situations. Yeah, it was. It was far too much of that. You know, we were. Yeah. Clearing the ball out to the edge of the box, or yeah. not getting it far enough away. Definitely, because initially we got yeah. away with one because the initial shot was stopped, right? And then there's enough bodies back there as well that you need to look up before you just hoof it. And uh, you know, it felt straight to was it Musa Diaby? Was it? Uh, it fell to. Um, yeah, yeah. D- Douglas Louise. Ah, uh, Douglas Louise. Um, yeah. Um, well, Douglas Louise was the one that scored, but um, you know the ball that came back in after it was hoofed. We hoofed it straight yeah. to one of their players. I think yeah, it was the right. RB. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah. The manner in which we conceded annoyed me. And on another day, we very easily could have drawn or lost. So chuffed to come away with three points and such a big three points as well. When you look at the table, um, this keeps us in touching distance. Because had we lost today, there would have been a gap that opened up from you know f- from fifth and above to to the rest. Yeah, it was absolutely crucial that we won this game because if we lost, we'd have been 11 points off Aston Villa. If we yeah. drew, we'd been 8 points off and that's yep. still not... Now it's eight. 5. Yeah, now, now five. we're 5 and we're 6 away from Spurs in 4th. And realistically, I think 4th is probably the highest we could aim for this season in the league. Yeah. There's a few people on social media getting carried away saying that even 3rd now is possible. <laughs> like, hold it, hold your heart this year, hold it. Uh, I don't know if those people. Uh, I don't know if those people saw what Arsenal did to West Ham today. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, that was an absolute demolition. Listen, because I thought we had a good performance against West Ham, but I saw, yeah, I wasn't expecting yeah. the Hammers to completely capitulate the way they did. I wouldn't like to be a West Ham fan going to work in London tomorrow, especially, no. if, there's, especially if, there, if they have, and they probably will have, some Gooner colleagues. They're going to yeah, be absolutely yeah. tortured. Oh, and they're going to rub it in as well because of Declan Rice. Uh, and what a performance by him. I think he got like two 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 assists as well as a, a thunderous strike as well, which he didn't celebrate, which I didn't think he would anyway, out of respect. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's no way we're getting top three. That's it's yeah. going to be Arsenal, City, and Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. It's a pipe dream that, but yeah, fourth potentially if everything goes well for us. Because that's the thing. Like we haven't been playing fantastically, so there's still a long way to go. There's still key fixtures coming up. And um, I was looking at our fixtures actually, and I don't know about you, Carl, but I'm actually concerned about playing the teams at the bottom end of the table because you know there's nothing like the the fear of relegation to really you know energize those players come this this side of the season yeah and i'm a bit worried if we're going to have a patched up back four in, in some of these games as well yeah um you know when Shaw and, Shaw and martinez are just for me they're most important members of the back four martinez you know is well above anyone else in terms of his importance Shaw's second and the rest of them just don't fill me full of confidence at all. Not even Varane these days. Um, Definitely. I felt that even that Watkins was was too quick for Varane. Um, mm. There was some of the there was crosses that came in that um, Watkins was getting too first. Varane was too slow. And Watkins is very good with his back to goal. Uh, I think even Varane decided to foul him in in the the other half of the pitch at one point. Um, yeah, I'm just not like Shaw was taken off for precautionary reasons, is what Ten Hag has said after the game. But mm-hmm. he's had a real stop-start season with injuries. Um, if we still don't know the, what's happening with Malassia. Oh, <laughs> becoming a write-off now. Um, yeah, Mason Mount's another one. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not being facetious. I actually forgot that Mason Mount plays for Manchester United. Yeah. Uh, you'll remember when we spoke about this last summer uh, and we were saying, listen, this is a guy you could have just got for free next next year. <laughs> yeah. And and based on what little he's done for us as well, you know, like, really? We could have, could have saved that 60 million, really? I know. Um, mm. He's not going to play much of a role this season, it seems. So we no, might as well he's have not. Just left it another yeah, year. And yeah, you might as well, yeah, you might as well have left it, yeah. He seemed happy enough to come anyway. Could have just offered him a pre-contract, but oh well. Um, yeah, it's one of those, isn't it? We'll have to we'll have to wait till next season to assess him. I think. Yeah, he needs to have a full season of being fit, or mostly fit, and then we can judge yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. And then but you need he... to sort out positionally where he plays as well, because I don't like that one of them has to drift out wide when you play him and Bruno. <laughs> yeah. Apart from Rashford, I would say the front six picks itself now. Rashford yeah. probably gets in on reputation and um, mm-hmm. on the fact that he's he's scored against Wolves and yeah. but his his effort is too half hearted for me. But Yeah, so there was one or two moments. Through. There was one or two glimpses today. There was one that one chance he had 
where the shot was quite tame at the end after the little 360 spin kind of thing. Um, and then there was the one down the left-hand channel where, you know, he was dribbled past the defender, but then, yeah, the shot was blocked and, yeah, decision-making has never been a strong suit. Yeah, but what we, what annoys me is that he, apart from not tracking back, just mm. pulling out of challenges, he's like he's like so afraid of getting hurt, he won't go in for a 50-50. He does that all the time. I think that him doing that actually cost us a goal like, at the Emirates, if you remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it the yep. Jesus goal? I think he, he pulled out of a challenge and that led to an Arsenal counter attack. And like, it just it just really really frustrates me. And um, today was not one of, he was substituted today and deservedly so it was not one of his better days. I was hoping that once he scored against Wolves, which is a fantastic goal, that that was gonna he's gonna gain some momentum from that. But he hasn't. He he wasn't involved in any of the goals against West Ham and he was very very poor today. And um, so he, he hasn't. He hasn't gained any momentum really, um, and he's probably in the team every week because the alternative is playing Anthony, and um, he's a, <laughs> <laughs> he's been so diabolical that Ten Hag won't even start him anymore. Um, didn't even come on as a sub today with some person. Um, so Rashford probably again will start against Luton, but we need to see more from him. Um, and I'm just back to the original point. Given that the front six is almost automatic now, you don't see where where's Mason Mount going to fit in. He, I suppose there's a, there's a vacancy at left back. He could maybe play there against Luton if he's, if he's, if he's fitting. In. I mean, listen, listen, it's a long season, isn't it? So we need options off the bench, I guess, and you know, a team A and a team B. So yeah, instead of just the, uh, fitting him in for the sake of fitting him in, I think I'd prefer to see him play in his preferred position. But we just sort of rotate um, as the season goes on, if that makes sense. Like, for me, I think he probably plays best in that 10 role. And I'd like to see him there. Yeah. Well, if he's fit again soon, I would like to see him get a chance in number 10. Yeah. Uh, of, yeah, I don't want to not... see this two roaming eight stuff. I'd just rather... Because yeah. I quite yeah. like the... I quite like Casemiro next to Mano, and I'd like to keep that. Yeah. And, yeah. While Casemiro was injured, this is that was the midfield pairing I wanted to see mm-hmm. at the base of the midfield, and it's been working really well in recent games. Mm-hmm. Um, we worried that Casemiro that he was done on because he was so poor between August and November, and we thought we're not we weren't going to see the Casemiro of last season ever again. But we we have seen the Casemiro of last season in the last three games, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, he looks rejuvenated. Um, yeah, it's how quickly things can change, right? Um, and also, what better teacher as well for 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 Kobe? So I really like them together. Um, I think you know he could learn a lot from a player like Cass. Yeah, he can. Um, yeah, it must be an absolute joy for. Casemiro even to play alongside just a taller young player mm-hmm. like you do, you always want to keep your feet on the ground when it comes to youngsters coming through at United but definitely Manu um, it's hard to he, not get excited right yeah <laughs> yeah he's got to be the best midfielder that's come through United's academy since Paul Scholes can you think of anyone else who's at that level oh at that See, even though that's, yeah, I, I wouldn't go that high with the praise just yet. Like, I understand 
the need to. Like Rio Ferdinand said last week that he reminds him of Clarence Seedorf. I was like, oh, steady on, Rio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Like, no, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that he just goes yeah, yeah. for Yeah, just, just the best that we produced. Yeah, yeah, I get what you mean. The best uh, we produced in that position since then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's right up there. Yeah, Scolzi. Who else has come through the academy? Nicky Butt. Uh, well, probably one that goes under the radar. Not the big sexy name, but he did a solid job for us during his years at United. Not been many in recent years, like Fletcher and McTominay. No, no. That. Fletcher, well, Fletcher. Credit to Fletcher. Fletcher was a good one. Uh, no, then there was a bit of a drop-off we had. What, Cleverly, Gibson, a uh, bit of a flash yeah. in the pan. Uh, yeah, no one really that's come in and held it down. So that's what I mean. I think he's the first yeah. genuine midfield world-class talent that's come through the academy. Definitely, because I mean, there's been hype over the years over certain people, but it, it never really materialised. You remember when everyone was raving about um, Angel Gomez? Yeah, and Ravel yeah. Morrison. Yeah, never. Yeah, heard. yeah, and it never quite worked out. So yeah, this is a yeah exciting times. And seems Just... like a very modest young guy as well, um, which mm-hmm. is brilliant. Not getting uh, too ahead of himself, you know. Sometimes. No, I think the young man's got a very good head on his shoulders um, and a good team around him. Uh, I saw some of his interactions on socials in the last week as well, and I was quite impressed. Um, and I've read that United have worked really hard at keeping him grounded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was really nice to uh, see like social media and stuff being used in the right way as well. There was a fan that reached out to him uh, because his dad uh, was terminally ill. And the last moment, the, the the last moment of joy that they had was uh, was the game where he scored the winner. Uh, so and he kind of wrote about it on uh, on Twitter, and and Kobe actually reached out, which I thought was a very nice touch, especially for a, such a young man of his age to you know have the wherewithal to do that. Uh, it's really good. Yeah, I seen that. It was it was really good. Um, and today. Um, there's a, a United fan that goes to all the games. I think he's called Benjamin Brazil, and uh, he has a disabled. And I've seen Hoyland give a shirt to that boy. And mm. after the, you might have seen that, seen mm-hmm. that on television. Yeah, that was yeah, a nice yeah. touch as well. Yeah, that is. Yeah, I, I like the fact that the, the the youngsters, you know, are following that kind of example. So yeah, it's good. And uh, how great was it last week as well to see the trio all together? And, you know, the picture, I mean, it's been shared loads of times. It's quite, an, it's becoming an iconic picture now uh, of Kobe, uh, Hoyland and Garnacho. And, you know, that that is the future. That is the basis with which we need to build. The next Golden Trinity at Old Trafford? Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, um, it's been a fantastic 2024. We were unbeaten and majority of the games have been wins. It's just that one draw against Tottenham, and we yeah, won all yeah. the rest of the games. Now, now when we lost to Forest on the 30th of December, you wouldn't have predicted this, would you? No, not really. I mean, it's also one of those things where, you know, if we were to cherry pick, because we watch United uh, week in, week out, there'll be uh, things in the performance that we're very unhappy with. But at the end of the day, if you're getting results, that's all we can hope for, really, for, uh, for this time period. Yeah, just one thing I want to touch on uh, is the the recent performances of Bruno Fernandes. In fact, the whole season from Bruno Fernandes. Now there has been the odd, you know, winning goal here and there against Fulham, against Burnley, but 
he's been really, really disappointing, hasn't he? And he's been disappointing again today. Um, I just felt that he was really poor in possession. Uh, and I thought he should have dropped deep a bit more to help out Minu and Casemiro when they were under pressure. And I don't think he was doing enough of that. Okay, uh, towards the end of the game, in, in the right back area, he was made, he made a couple of you know interventions, but he's not he's not really performing like you'd expect from Manchester United captain. And not to keep going back to Roy Keane, but every time I watch now, I obviously grew up watching Roy Keane, but see when I rewatch games or watch highlights of games from the past, almost all of them Roy Keane's man of the match. <laughs> but you know what it is, Carl. I think we were absolutely spoiled. We were absolutely spoiled. Like for me, like Captain and Roy Keane are synonymous. You know, they go hand in hand. You mention Roy Keane, I think Captain. Like I think anyone is going to pale in comparison to Keane. So you know, yeah, quiet. But even quiet. if we take take Keane out of the equation, yeah. this has definitely been Bruno Fernandez's purest season so far, hasn't it? Definitely, definitely. Yeah, like you said today, um, I did like some of the tracking back he did towards the end. Uh, some crucial challenges. One in particular stands out: the slide tackle that, that you know stopped a move. But yeah, uh, underwhelming otherwise in areas of the pitch where you would expect him to do more. And then the balance, the midfield balance. I mean, we've been speaking about this rages. Uh, Bruno doesn't drop back to help out. He he will leave those large spaces. Yeah, I just felt he was a passenger playing in that number ten position today. Yeah, being yeah, because yeah, yeah. he's not really a conventional ten, is he? Like he's, he's more of a sort of shadow striker, like you know, with the runs that he makes and the space he leaves. I don't really know how you'd compensate. Like in the current team, I would really like to see how Mount would do in that position because I think he would drop a bit deeper, and he's got legs as well. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, yeah, I don't really see a, a scenario where Bruno's bench for five games and we get a look at Mason Mount playing at number 10 consistently. No, just... yeah, that's the thing. That's why I think, you know, it's going to have to be a rotational thing, I guess. Instead of always one of them being moved out wide, I'd rather see them both play, you know, in the 10 and then we can make a real assessment on which one suits us better. Yeah, definitely. Um yeah, Bruno's been hugely disappointing and you know, nobody should be above being dropped for one game and when Miss Mount is fit, I would like to see him get a go in that position and see what happens yeah, but then usually what he does even when he does give someone else a go at number 10, Bruno goes out to the right hand side and I don't like that either because he's, yeah. he's, he's not an inside forward, he's not a winger nope um, yeah, I think that stunts us as well. I like the I like the fluid front three of Hoyland, Rashford and Garnacho. Um same. Now not always overly happy with Rashford's output or his you know, his tracking back, but them three have been working well together, especially Garnacho and Hoyland. I love the, the front three with pace and dynamism and interchanging, swapping positions. Definitely. And no don't want a midfielder playing in there. Um, you know, it's 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 certainly not as exciting, and it, you know it, it. It doesn't give us that ability on on the counter attack the way the others do. Um, yeah, that it's a very fluid from three, and if uh, Rashford can get back to his best, then they will. They, they really will be on fire because uh, Garnacho's had a 
a great couple of months ever since he scored the overhead kick. Today, the finishing wasn't there. Um, so his efforts were a bit tame or not finding the target. But uh, he's, def- he, he's definitely a danger. Nobody, no fullback in the world wants to play against Ganacho, do they? No, they don't. And he looks hungry. So that's one thing I really like about him. He, he doesn't stop trying, the kid. It doesn't matter if something, uh, if he can't pull it off, like he'll just keep going. And that's great. Um, yeah. And I think I read today as well that, you know, with the high line that uh, Aston Villa play, um, you know, it causes teams to be offside uh, a lot against them. Um, so maybe that's the case. Uh, but I would expect us to improve on that in future as well. And I don't think it will happen as often as it did today. Yeah, we've done the double over Aston Villa now. And somebody was saying on the radio in, uh, just before the game started that we are like Aston Villa or Taylor made from Manchester United because of the high line and because we have such pacey, this is a pacey forward line who are brilliant on the counter attack. Well, I mean, I still think our biggest strength is counter attacking, even though Ten Hag has tried to implement a different style. <laughs> I still think we're most dangerous when we're playing counter attacking football. Definitely. And with, that, and with that in mind, you know, playing against a team who plays such a high defensive line, it really suits us. And we've beaten Aston Villa twice now in the space of six weeks. Mm-hmm. So there's the proof in the pudding. Um, yeah. I, it's very, very risky to play high line. I think Hans Potsakogalu does it as well. Um, yeah. He even did it did it with nine men against Chelsea. That was absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> um, yeah, any other manager and they would have got absolutely ruined uh, in the press. But, you know, for some reason, uh, he, he's got everyone on side, hasn't he? So a lot of people were coming out saying that it was quite refreshing to see, which is mental with nine men. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if Tin Hag did that, he'd be getting absolutely slaughtered by the media. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, so Gary Neville gave Maguire man of the match, as I say. Mm. I thought, yeah, he was winning a lot of his aerial duels. He obviously got the assist with the with the first goal, um, and I thought he was he was solid enough. Um, he got. I remember getting a big a blocking in 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 the first half. I think it was, yeah. Uh, which is a shot that probably would have been on target as well. Um, yeah, I, I mean, he's not, he's not, he's not Lissandro, Lissandro Martinez. As you can see, another thing, uh, we, we were passing around the back so much today. And then, and then he had one player just standing still with the ball, not knowing what to do. Like, you know, get on with it, you know. And you, where Martinez just breaks the lines, he just looks up. Plays a crossfield diagonal ball to someone, and we're on the and we're on the offensive. But when he's not there, the back four and the goalkeeper don't know what to do with it, so they hold on to it for as long as possible, and it can be frustrating to watch. Yeah, yeah. The crazy thing is, like with the with, with what little we saw of uh, Martinez uh, before getting injured again, he you know he really showed us what we were missing. Yeah, he's. He's vital to us, not just the defending, but going forward as well. Um, yeah. As I said, those line-breaking passes, um, the the last just defending, cover, covering for his other defenders as well. He reads the game so well. He's so intelligent. Uh, everything about him is his class, and we he's just irreplaceable for us, sadly. And of all the people to get injured, um, and it's an impact injury. I remember yeah. Vidic always used to pick up 
impact injuries mm-hmm. um, because he's so full-blooded full-blooded and so committed and like Martinez whenever you you play on the edge like that you're going to pick up impact injuries unfortunately and you know was it which West Ham player was it again that landed on him when his leg was outstretched and then obviously oh, was it Suchek was it Suchek yeah. yeah and he uh sprained his knee ligaments unfortunately uh, now, thankfully thankfully it's not worse because if it was a tear or anything you know you would have been out a lot longer yeah i, I was afraid it was going to be season over but thank yeah thankfully it's only 68 weeks but we can't even afford to do without him for one game unfortunately he's going to miss another manchester derby now yeah just yeah really not we, we when we play manchester city we need to have our best eleven on the pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm taking it one one game at a time, Carl. Uh, we've got Luton next, followed by Fulham. <laughs> yeah, but the way we're playing, we should be beating teams like Luton and Fulham. Yeah, um, yeah, we should, we should. But like I say, you know, the threat of relegation does a lot to teams, and I think Luton yeah. are just about outside of the relegation zone now. Um, yeah, yeah, so. We've got yeah, them, we've, we've got, uh, and then we've got Nottingham Forest, I think, in the FA Cup before City as well. So, yeah, those are the three games right. that round off this month. Yeah, but I think against Luton and Fulham, we can get away with not having Leicester, but mm-hmm. against City, we'll, we we could come unstuck with them. You know, that back yeah. forward, Joe Ruby. But he's going to, if, if Luke Shaw, he said it was precautionary, but. If Luke Shaw misses the Luton game, he's going to have to come up with a solution that's better than Lindelof because that's not going to do. Um, teams are going to target that because he's no pace. Um, and this is why I was quite annoyed that we cut short Regulon's loan. I would have preferred we kept him, especially without a return date on Malaysia. Yeah, he has since went to Brentford, of course. Yep. Um, I don't not that he was the best player in the world by any no. means, but he is a conventional left back and. You know, I thought he was only going to be let go if Malasia was back again, but he, yeah, no, no sign of Malasia at all. No, none. Um, we sold Alvaro Fernandez to Benfica, or uh, loaned him with a with a view to selling them, uh, yep. and we're very very short in, in that position. Um, and Luke Shaw has always been a player that can get injured, and mm-hmm. this season has been it's been really bad. You think he's been injured in three or four separate occasions now. Um, and, you know, we've seen the likes of Lindelof play left back even before today. We've seen Amrabat in that position. Yeah. Um, just, unless you're an actual left back, I'm just not happy with that situation. Like with Linda, to be fair to him, I don't like when he plays left back or right back, to be honest. Um, no. Even in his preferred position as a centre back, I mean, I, I like him only as a rotational option, you know? I think the best possible solution if there's no Shaw or Malasia is Wanda at right back and Dallow at left back. I think that's Yeah. That's probably yeah, yeah, that's probably the best. If we can get Wan I think he's injured at the moment. If he can mm-hmm. I don't know how long he's gonna be injured for, but if he can come back against Luton then I would put Dallow to left back. Um Dallow seems equally comfortable on, on either side. Um, he's got his flaws but uh probably our best option there. You don't want to be playing midfielders at full back or or centre backs at a full back because teams will target that as Villa did today. I mean, Lindelof against Leon Bailey and Rashford not even helping him out. It, it was how we got away with that. I do, do not know. Yeah, yeah, honestly. 
And that one chance as well, just yeah, just, just lucky they didn't fall correctly to to Ramsey. Uh, but yeah, uh, he's a handful, Leon Bailey. Yeah, they were wasteful today, weren't they? They've only got themselves very much clean. so. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, they'll be kicking themselves today because uh, they'll look back on that and they wouldn't think that they deserve to lose that. Yeah, but uh, you've you've got to take your chances, otherwise you'll be punished at this level. Um, yep. I'm rhyming off the cliches like Paul Mercer. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's do some uh, some play ratings. You, you, you'll be telling me it's a game of two halves, Nick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you don't shoot, you don't score. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it was Michael only once said that yeah, yeah. If, you don't, if you don't score goals, you're not going to win games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, so, Andrew and Anna, I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to give him a seven. Um, I thought he yeah. made some important stops, and mm-hmm. um, even though it was. The distribution was a, was a bit ropey at times. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, Very lucky as well when he came out to sort of headbutt the ball. <laughs> I was worried that he wouldn't yeah. get back in time. <laughs> no. I was like, oh, no, I saw it. And uh, do you know what? Oh, do you know what? I, it, it gave me a flashback to uh, when England uh, played Sweden uh, many years ago when Zlatan scored that, uh, the, the bicycle kick. Mm, um, too hard. Too hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got caught in no man's land. I was like, oh, no. What's he doing? <laughs> Thankfully, there was no one with that quality on the pitch for Aston Villa. No. <laughs> that goal is more remembered for Stan Collingwood's commentary than the goal itself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Diogo Dallo, uh, I'll give him a seven. Uh, yeah. He's steadily in, in, in proven it's, opposition. It's the, it's the best we're going to see of Dallo. And that was, yeah, that's the best he's got to offer. But I agree with what uh, Phil Brown was saying, is that both Dallo and Wambasaka are rotational options. They're not, they're not, neither they're, of them yeah. should be the, the starting right back for United. Yeah, they really shouldn't be. But you know what's shocking is that we've got about, what, 50, 60, 70 million tied up in the two of them. Yeah. They're not 70 million pound worth of player. <laughs> I think. This summer, one of them will go, probably Juan Bissaka, and we'll bring in somebody else. I'm, yeah. Um, Rafael Varane, uh, I'll give him a six. Um, was not a perfect performance, um, but he did well with clearing a lot of the corners that were coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got his head on a lot of those. Uh, as did Harry. He, got, he was winning headers in both ends of the pitch. Um, and you'd expect him to because, you know, he's good at that. He's a big centre half. He should be winning his headers. Um, probably should have scored with a header from a corner as well, actually. Uh, as, and as I always say, if he's wearing an England shirt, it's back of the net. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we got the assist. So, seven for Big Huzza. Um, Luke, Luke Shaw taking off at half time. Um, probably a six for his first half performance on Lindelof. Um, I know he's... not. not I, how has Lindelof played 300 games for Manchester United? I mean, it's that's mental. I, I can't lie. After his first season, I thought we were going to cash in, you know. Because you remember, that first season under Jose, he was atrocious. Honestly. Oh, I, just yeah. you... I just didn't know where we were going to go. There was one game in particular that stood out against... I know, I know what you're going to say. I know what you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> after Huddersfield, I was done. I was like, oh, who is this yeah. guy? Get him out of here. <laughs> 
I think it was Aaron Moy that scored. Oh, that that game lives in my head red free. Oh, yeah. Oh. Um, I think Phil Jones had to come off injured or something, and then yeah. came on. Oh, and terrible. All over the top, bounced over his head. <laughs> like, oh. Honestly, though, that season he was ah, oh, he was so bad. <laughs> he just looks like a guy who's not. He's not tailor made for the Premier League. No, no, that's the thing. I think he, he is useful. I think if he goes to somewhere like Spain, I think the game would suit him a bit more. Yeah, to see if he was in the Barcelona team dominating possession and not yeah. having to defend you know, many high balls or, mm-hmm. or, or crosses, then it would suit him. Um, just, you know, being on the ball all the time and distributing it out, you know. But when he, he just not physical enough for the Premier League or he just doesn't dominate in the no. air either. And oh, his lack of aggression has always bugged me yeah. as well. Very passive. Very see standoffish. Him, see him today what he, he he does what he always does. He um he, he puts the hands on the back of the of the of the attacker and you're like all oh, the attacker has to do is go over there and he's gonna get a free. You don't put, mm-hmm. don't put your hands on anyone's back. Another thing he does that irritates me is he when he's trying to block a shot he puts his hands behind his back all the time. Uh, I know I know why defenders do that because they don't want to give away a penalty, but it just looks so half-hearted when you've got both hands behind your back and you stick out a leg. You know, that's just... No, it's not... Yeah. No. Oh, but in this day and age, though, I understand why they do it because, you know, the, the littlest of contact and they just point to the spot, don't they? Yeah. You would, yeah re- regardless you, of intention, which is quite annoying, really. Leicester would just go in there and make the block. He wouldn't be worrying about... Yeah. To, Putting his hands behind his back, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I just think Lindelof is just far too far too nice, and too too passive, um, to be a Premier League defender, um, nice guy and uh, and all that, um, you know, you know, you couldn't dislike him, but he just he's just not the quality we need. I mean, I think yeah. some people have said in the past that he's the best third choice defender mm. in the Premier League, even as recently as last season. I never agreed with that. He was never a player that I rated at all, and when you play him out of position, it's going to be even worse. So he had a torrid time in that second half, and I'm going to give him a, a two out of ten. Um, so Koi Manu uh, had a a role to play in the goal, in the second goal, which some people might not notice, but that was crucial. That I mean, his touch is almost like Berbatov, and in this day, the feet that he showed to take it. Yeah, it was just exa- it was almost exactly like um, the nutmeg for the no, yeah no the way the way he teed up uh, Dallo for that perfect cross yeah very underrated yeah. very underrated yeah wonderful feat um, yeah yeah just yeah. a classy player yeah um, so Manu and Casemiro both very similar performances today I'll mm-hmm. both give them a, both give them a seven and um, midfield just uh, just wonderful footballers it's just yeah. a pity that they're about 13 years apart in age so we won't get to see them together yeah for, for that's that the thing isn't it that's what's unfortunate listen if Cass was like six seven years younger we'd be laughing right now yeah when when Casimir was a pundit Manu will still be playing for United yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um Bruno Fernandes as I said uh, wasn't very impressive today unfortunately so four to ten for Bruno um Alejandro Garnacho Always a most dangerous player. Just the end product today. Mm-hmm. Didn't should have got him bagged himself a goal today, but didn't. Um, so six for Ganacho. Rashford, um, very poor, um, looking disinterested as always. His teammates must must get annoyed with his, you know, his, his lack of a lack of effort at times too. Because I, I I know it would annoy me if my teammate was playing that way all the time. Um, so five for Rashford. 
and Hoyland would get a seven from me with that poacher's goal. Um, and Mac Tamanay, again, another impact from the bench. Um, he gets a seven as well. I give him a nine when he got the two against Brentford when he only played about <laughs> six minutes. <laughs> um, eight goals for the season now for McTominay. That's, that's yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. that's that's an uh, unusual tally for a man who's rotational player. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, and obviously, Amrabat and Evans, as I say, they come on very late on. So, so uh, very late, we can't really give him anything, can we? No, uh, and Ten Hag, as, as he got the results in the end and the substitution won the game, mm-hmm. uh, I would have to give him a, a seven. Um, so, as I say, United unbeaten in 2024. Um, all wins apart from the draw against Spurs, which could have been a win had McTominay scored the header at the end there as well. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, it's been, we couldn't have and asked for that. Yeah, and at Spurs, it wasn't just the header. I was pissed off at the goal we conceded as well, where Richarlison uh, got his head to it, and he was just unmarked. Yeah, very, very poor mm. uh, defending from set pieces recently. Mm. But today, we would say there was an improvement mm. from the defending from set yeah, pieces. Yeah. We had to face an awful lot of them. It was well in the double figures in the end. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, yeah, we definitely rode our luck today, man. We definitely rode our luck. On another day, Aston Villa could have scored three. Yeah, but... We're talking about our top five team. We're playing against away from home. And yeah. we're, we're, we're playing most of the game with a passed up back four. So it wasn't a surprise that we came under so much pressure. You know, we weren't playing Sheffield United today. We're playing one of the best teams in the division. So I yeah, expect to be under definitely. pressure. And I, do you know what? I thought it would be more difficult today as well because after what happened to them uh, last week uh, in the cup against Chelsea, um, I thought, you know, they'll be looking for, for an instant response. By the way, I must I must mention it that free kick from Enzo Fernandez it was just yeah. absolutely out of this world and made me so jealous because because <laughs> we haven't got a single set piece taker. <laughs> no, uh, not yeah. one. Uh, Bruno Fernandez takes most of them and he gets nowhere near it these days. Nowhere, yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Pod, then, funny enough, was speaking about um, uh, potentially investing in someone who is a specialist uh, set piece taker. And I do. I, I think all squads should have one. Uh, it's it's almost criminal that none of us none of us can take a decent one. Yeah, it's 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 shocking, really. Another thing that that uh, made me rue the lack of set piece specialists in this current United squad is seen on on Instagram. I seen uh, there's a, there's an account called Infinite United that shares goals from the past, and they showed. David Backman's free kick against Man City in the year 2000. Oh, oh it was absolutely <laughs> unbelievable. I think Inga Alfie Halland fouled Paul Scholes after about 30 seconds into the game. Yeah. And was about 30 yards out, and then Backham just curls it into the corner. I think we won the game 1 0. Is it Main Road? You know, that's how long it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then somebody on the same account posted a free kick scored by Gary Pallister. Gary Pallister <laughs> scored a free kick. <laughs> like, this is how poor we are now. You know, uh, the, the not, like Gary Pallister can score a free kick and not one of our current players can do it. That's, mm-hmm. that's absolutely mm-hmm. ridiculous. Yeah, listen, back in those days, Brucey used to uh, score a fair few goals as well. 
Oh, absolutely. Uh, well, that, that season where we won the Premier League in the inaugural season of the Premier League when we won it, yeah. Brucey got the two famous goals against Sheffield Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I think I think he got nearly 20 goals that season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was right up there. He was playing like Sergio Ramos and uh, <laughs> yeah, Fernando, yeah. Fernando Hierro and John Terry, like up there with the, with the best of them. They got really, yeah, high number of goals. <laughs> yeah, I think he did take penalties, though. I think that, that did help yeah. in the situation. Um, I just want to mention to you, did you see Bar Leverkusen's destruction of Bar Munich last uh, night? Yes. I mean, what do, what do you expect? You hire Tommy Tuchel as the manager. You sign, you bring in uh, defensive reinforcements from Spurs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they were totally and utterly uh, outplayed. Uh, so I saw a very passionate interview by uh, with uh, Thomas Muller afterwards as well. Um, yeah, I'll be very surprised if they stick with Tuchel uh, past this summer. Yeah, and Jeremiah Fringpong with the, the clincher at the end. Yep. Um he could be an option for us. Now I've been I've been critical of most of Ten Hag's signings you know, that have yeah. come from Dutch football. But if he brought in Fringpong, I wouldn't complain about it at all. That Yeah, day. no, yeah. And also just some of the football the Leverkusen were played. I tell you what, I I, I really don't want Jabby to go to Liverpool, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I think we're all afraid of that. But uh, yeah. one of the one of the guests I had on my show recently, um, James Rhodes from the United Mobiteers, he thinks Alonso will end up at Bayern and not Liverpool. Mm. Not that he has any information on that. He just yeah, just yeah. A, a hunch about it. I mean, it's probably just based on uh, on history, right? Because Bayern historically have taken whatever the best of that comes out of that league and just get them, uh, be it managers or players. Yeah, and. We were also talking about United's lack of left-back options outside of Luke Shaw. Yeah. Alex Grimaldo uh, is a wonderful player and a set-piece expert. Mm. Um, so I wouldn't mind him. Mm. There's so many of their players that, you know, they're, let's face it, uh, no matter if they win the Bundesliga or not, their team's going to be decimated in the summer. All the oh, cultures. absolutely. This is going to be like um, what happened to Monaco that season. Was it 2017, <laughs> was it? Yeah, yeah. Mbappe and all, yeah. Yeah, yeah, all yeah. of them, like Bernardo Silva. Um, yeah, all of them got moves, I think. So, yeah, it's going to be one of those type ones. Yeah, uh, Fabinho, he was part of that team as well, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, Fabinho was there, yeah. Um, was Bakayoko, was he one of them? Yes, yeah. yes, he was one. I think he was one of the rare few that went on to flop humongously. Mm. But, yeah, he was, he was, yeah, he was looked at as a, as a starlet there. I was actually quite annoyed because weird kind of finance Chelsea's move for him by buying Matic, and I was like, "Oh, why are we, why are we paying for for you know for a twenty nine year old who Chelsea are done with, uh, whilst they've gone and spent less money to get someone almost ten years younger? Well, not ten, but yeah, Devil and Mourinho signing there. Um, that yeah, that guy's paid. He's paid for <laughs> Mourinho with three different clubs now. I think. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. Well, and they both left Roma now. <laughs> yeah. Um, another wonderful player at uh, Bayer Leverkusen is Florian Wirtz. I think the, the German uh, He's attacker. going to be the next big, big summer move. Um, I, I just wonder though, Premier League clubs are going to uh air a, a little bit of caution after what happened with Kai Havertz but yeah no he looks a wonderful player uh with that one though I worry that Man City will be you know well in there for that 
course. And he, then he looks and, like a pet player. And as usual with City, they'll get a world class player for fifty or sixty million. And um, mm. whereas we will play, we will pay seventy two million for potential. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, no, because he's one of those, even though he's a 10, he can kind of play across the, the three, you know. Uh, and, yeah, Pep seems to like that because he likes them even shaken. Did you see Did you see who was on the bench for Bear Leverkusen? Timothy Fozu Mensa. Remember him? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a blast from the past. Yeah, yeah, very, very underwhelming for us. And Patrick Schick doesn't start for them either. No, no. And, uh, do you know what? I wouldn't mind him, you know, as like as a backup striker. <laughs> Absolutely. And do you know who they're they're missing currently? Who's playing in the final final of Afcon? Is Victor Boniface? I think is yeah, his yeah. Name is. yeah. He's been their top goal scorer this season, I think. Um. So it's scary that they were missing their top goal scorer, and he still be better three 0 Yeah, um, yeah. And they played dominated. some brilliant football as well. Like it wasn't by yeah. fluke; they fully deserved to win. And they're so well coached. They press. They, they press at the right times. Yeah, um, still undefeated, you know, in the Bundesliga. And bizarrely, um, Tuchel played like a back three to begin with. Yes. Yeah. It didn't work. And nope. Harry Kane hardly had a touch and never yeah. mind a shot. Uh, yeah, they were comprehensively outplayed. In yeah, that yeah. and yeah, the socials have been going crazy as well. Um, you know, the fact that Kane's there and <laughs> Bayern aren't uh, first in the league. Could you imagine? The yeah, ego- yeah. After all, all those years of Spurs and no trophies. Yep, Goes yep. to a team where you're guaranteed trophies and he doesn't win anything. <laughs> <laughs> Despite all the slander, though, I mean, I can't blame him. Like, when you look at his numbers in the league this season, it's been crazy. They they haven't lost a league since 2012. Could you imagine if he, yeah, yeah. And he didn't win it? Yeah, yeah. Like, there's still only a five-point <laughs> gap and there's a long, long way to go. Oh, um, most definitely. And, I mean... As far as a striker goes, like what more can he do? You know, I mean, he scored what, like twenty-four yeah. goals in twenty appearances or something. Yeah, definitely wasn't his fault. At all. Yeah. And yeah. Do, do you know who's been linked with United in the past and is on a good roll at the moment? Is Benjamin Sesko for RB Leipzig. Mm. Um, he's been having a really good spell and a decent season. Um, so it is. We we've touched on a number of strikers there, and it's absolutely imperative. That we have a backup to Hoyland or someone who's going to challenge him. There's obviously you know, Martial has to be written off now, and you know <clears> we have to have someone who who, who we can rotate yeah. Hoyland with. My my um, only concern with Sheshko is the fact that he's very similar in age to Hoyland. Um, mm-hmm. So do we want two that are the same age, kinda, who are going to well, take time, or do we want someone who's a bit older in their mid twenties who's got experience? Here's the decision needs to be made. Yeah, either we. We go for another young striker with similar potential, mm. like a, a Sesco, or do we go with a a thirty year old who's experienced striker yeah. uh, as a rotational option? Do you remember when Spurs had um, Lorente as backup to Harry Kane? Yeah, um, yeah. And we obviously we've had a Gallo and Cavani ourselves and Ronaldo in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, do we go with that? I don't think we can't sign a player. He's automatically going to start like an Ivan Tony. No. Because then you just, you just stunt Hoyland's development then. Exactly. Yeah, because Hoyland's 21 now. I, I wouldn't mind someone who's sort of 26, 27, who's happy to come in as a rotational backup option. There's one or two that, are, that have got contracts running out in the summer, actually. Um, I wouldn't mind taking a punt on Luka Jovic, who's at AC Milan this season. 
Um, he famously had a move to Real Madrid, which didn't really work mm. out. At Frankfurt, he was quite good. Um, you know, and this season he's got something like seven goals in 19 appearances. Um, as a backup option, I wouldn't mind him. He, he's 26 years old and a free agent in the summer. Yeah, there's lots out there. It just depends what yeah. they want to go for. Do they want a, some, some, someone with a similar profile uh, yeah. of Hoyland or some, a more experienced name who's happy to be a rotational option? Defo, uh, defo. Um, and it also, I mean, there's so much up in the air, isn't it? It would be nice to know a bit more details on their plans and what kind of budget we're working with. Well, I, I'm, I'm getting the feeling this week there's going to be the official announcement on Ineos's takeover. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they just need that uh, ratified by the Premier League and, and so on. And then they can, I think, what's going to follow suit immediately is the announcement of who the director of football is going to be. Now we know who the CEO is going to be. Now we just want to find out who the director of football is going to be. I've got to say, though, it's going to be a struggle without Martinez to, to get into that top four. I know we're playing well, but it's still, yep. need to keep, keep winning games. But if Ten Hag was to finish fourth and, and win the FA Cup, You'd have to keep him in that circumstance, wouldn't you? Yeah, I would take that. Yeah. <laughs> honestly, honestly, this season, yeah. if, we, if we could do that, I think that would be a success for me. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, you know, in December that would. Yeah, be yeah. Fun. If yeah, absolutely. Know. And then it's a thing where I mean, I wouldn't be in a hurry to hand him a new contract or anything. But if you were to do that, uh, I would certainly give him like till the end of his current deal, which would be the yeah. following summer. We always make the mistake of giving the manager a new contract too early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no need. There's no need. Well, there certainly wasn't in uh, in Ollie's case because you know there was no demand for him elsewhere anyway. Now, top four in the FA Cup are two very big ifs. Yeah, uh, we're still five, six points off Spurs in fourth position. On the FA Cup, I'm afraid we're going to have to beat City or Liverpool or both to win that tournament. You know, yep. people think because it's it's not the Champions League that, you know, you can get easy draws and make your way to the final and win it without having to play anybody. But Liverpool and City take it so seriously that um, we're going to have to probably beat one of them to win it. And we, find out, we found out the hard way last season that, mm -hmm. um, you know, if if you meet City in a final, you know, it's, it's going to be tough. And we, we were without Martinez in that game as well. Uh, and we came on stock, and I think it was a mistake by Ten Hag to play Ericsson in that game, and he was yep. just struggling so badly. And it was a scorching June afternoon in London, uh, and I think, it, and, and at that point, Garnacho was only only a, a substitute. He came on for Ericsson after sixty minutes or so. Um, yep. Now he's just an automatic starter. And um, but yeah, I still think if we if we're playing City at Wembley. With this, the current players that are that are available, we don't win, in, in my opinion. So it's going to be hugely tough to win the FA Cup. Definitely, definitely. I think yeah, it depends on the draw as well. I think the draw might help us out. We kind of need uh, City and Liverpool to play each other but, at some stage. Yeah, yeah, that would, that would be helpful. <laughs> um, I was hoping that Spurs at home to City might they might be able to put them out, but yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah, there was the, the very late goal, wasn't there? Nathan uh, Ake, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. From a corner. Um, said he got through, unfortunately. But with them two still in the tournament, it's going to be going to be hard mm. for us. And, and I tell you, going away to Forest will not be easy either. We lost there in the league, but it'd be great to get it, to get revenge 
uh, for the, the loss of the league there and, and put them out of the FA Cup. And they do concede goals for fun for us, and we're scoring goals at the moment. We should go there and win that game, hopefully. And um, but next, first things first is 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 Luton. Is Luton. Who, yeah. They have a wee bit of a spell there, but they kind of dropped off again, haven't they? Mm-hmm. Um. They 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 won. They beat Brighton four 0 or something like that. And um, then through four each at St James's. Uh, and yesterday, um, they lost to Sheffield United. Yeah, well, that's a very poor result, isn't it? That was so, very poor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, against, uh, yeah. So really, we should be going there and getting the points. You know, if we, we beat should, Villa, really. if we beat Villa away, we should be beating Luton away. And I just remembered something. That is the first time the Ten Hag has beaten a top nine team in the Premier League away from home. <laughs> it is, yeah. We've been talking about that record for so long, so over the pundits, the mm-hmm. media, and finally that hoodoo is over, and Zintag has beaten one of the top teams. Ah, but you know how it goes, Carl, because it's us, they'll just, uh, you know, uh, change the way they measure that and say that, ah, oh, yeah, United haven't beaten the top four. Yeah, beaten the, <laughs> yeah top four, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, um, we did get a nil-nil at Anfield. That wasn't wasn't a, a bad result in the circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we were the only team to stop them from scoring at Anfield this season. Yeah. Oh, um, the caveat to that is that we basically had eleven men behind the ball for most of the game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, listen, it's up to them to break us down, right? If they can't yeah. do it, it's not our fault. <laughs> it was the right thing to do, given the form yeah. they were in and the form they were in. Absolutely. Know, I mean. Mo- I'll take nil nil over seven nil any day of the week. Uh, any day of the week, yep, no question. It was a huge improvement on last season. Um, so our goal difference is up to naught now. We really are going places. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It, what's incredible is uh, the amount of clean sheets that we have actually, and Anana. Um, yeah. It just goes to show that you know it's that we are capable of keeping them. It's that when we uh, lose, it's quite often heavy defeats, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Which just doesn't give us a chance to get out. That of was that, an issue last minus. season as well. Yeah, yeah, we yeah we we conceded a ridiculous amount of goals last season. We've actually only scored thirty three goals in the Premier League this season. Yeah, and we're yeah, and we're like sixth in the table. That's you know that normally wouldn't happen. Just shows you that when we lose, we lose badly, and we have been keeping a lot of clean sheets in games that we haven't conceded. Obviously, um, it would be ironic if Onana finished with the Golden Glove at the end of the season. <laughs> That would be funny. Yeah. And De Gea got a last season, which most people mm-hmm. find unbelievable. Yep. Um, even though he didn't have his best season by any means. No. Um, so, yeah, it would be... It's not beyond the realms of possibility. Yeah. Um, and he's, I don't think De... he still hasn't found a club, has he, Dave? No. No? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I was hearing some rumours about some... Uh, one of the Saudi clubs, I think, called Al-Shabaab. But I don't think anything materialised. And uh, yeah, he's still a free agent. Yeah, it's a bit surprising. All the rumours have come to absolutely nothing. Every, yeah, time I yeah. hear, every time I hear a rumour about him now, I just don't even pay attention anymore until he's actually holding up a shirt I'm not interested Yeah, in. definitely. Yeah, I definitely I definitely expected him in the January transfer window to end up somewhere. Uh, it's very well, he's, strange. Yeah. At 32 well, I, to just go a whole season he, without a club. The issue is that... The, the clubs that he would want to play for that can afford yeah. his wages are not clubs that want them. No, uh, no. Apparently, there were some links to Nottingham Forest, uh, but he didn't fancy that. Yeah, he's yeah he he's not going to play for 
yeah. you know, a, a middle of the road Premier League team, or mm-hmm. he's looking for a contract from Barcelona, Juventus, or Bayern, or something like that. Or, <laughs> uh, I mean, all not... these clubs have uh, established goalkeepers, though, right? So he's going to have to, you know, uh, yeah. adjust somewhat. Uh, I thought Even... he would have been quite happy to go back to Spain, though, and just you know find a mid-tier La Liga team, but that's not really happened but, either. Well, a mid-tier La Liga team. Mid mid tier La Liga team, what are they going to offer him as a weekly wage packet? Um, it's not I mean, going to be anything already, like what he was used to. I mean, you know? I mean, he's already got the money, right? So I guess now it's just about uh, his love for the game. That's well, I suppose even there, <laughs> you've because he he's he's such a wealthy man now. He can afford yeah. to pick and choose. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so we shall end it there and. Uh, Please smash a like on the video, everybody. Get more of your comments in. Um, and subscribe to the podcast. Um, and I'm thankful for all the people who watch on YouTube, listen on Spotify, Apple Podcast. Yeah, it's always great to give us a five-star rating on, on iTunes, please, as well. And help spread the word about this podcast and get more United fans listening. Um, and Rush, it's been a pleasure as always. Yep, I'll catch you next time. And hopefully uh, it'll be a more of a convincing win for United next time. Yeah, yeah. Let's hope. So uh, we us bag a few against Luton and get into the, the positive goal difference. And Well, we're sitting on zero. Let's get up to plus four after this Luton game. We're <laughs> going to be positive about it. Uh, so I'll see you later. Take care.